We have nothing but time and minimal dollars. <laughs> the name maybe, of the game. Maybe that's our uh, title for the episode. Nothing but time and, nothing and, minim- minimal, and dollars. minimum dollars. Welcome to the Ice Garden. Music with the, the Ice Garden. Ito ang Ice Garden. One in need of the Ice Garden. This is the Ice Garden. Ice Garden. Atem azanim ladan hakana. Music the Ice Garden. This is the Ice Garden. Dabro pashalawet for Ice Garden. Bienvenido al hadin. Welcome to the Ice Garden. You're listening to the Ice Garden. This. This. This is the Ice Garden. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Top Shelf, where we keep the hot takes and the hard liquor. I'm Hannah Beavis, and I'm here with my co-host, Michelle J. Michelle, how's life? <sighs> life is moving in a forward direction, as always. The world keeps spinning, and I'm along for the ride. That's a lot more darker than <laughs> I wanted to be. <laughs> do, do we need to start over? No, that's fine. You can keep that. Okay. It was... Definitely turned out to be a little weirder than I meant it to be. Mm. Um, somebody at work always asks me, how's it going? And I say, well, I made it to work today, didn't I? Or like, well, I put one foot in front of the other again. Sometimes that's all you can do. I know. Someone came back from vacation today and they were like, how are you? And I was like, terrible, how are you? <laughs> and they are like, that was a very cheerful way to say terrible. I was like, I know. And then I held up my coffee mug, which says uh, I'm laughing, but I'm not happy. And I was like, it's me! <laughs> that seems like an appropriate mug. Especially for Mondays. We're recording this on a Monday. Yeah, because I messed up my schedule this week. Sorry. It happens. Um, it happens. How are you? Uh, I'm pretty good. I'm actually doing pretty good. Um, That's good. I went to a place called Greylock this weekend. Have you ever heard of it? I have, but I actually don't know what it is. I just know it exists as it, a place in the world. It's... I, it's kind of like a, I guess it's a hiking place or park or something. It's really pretty. There's nice. like a trail that I walked around. It was very good. You did that today? No, the weekend. Ah. No, I went to work today and wished I would have had your mug because I would have carried it around the same way. Uh, what are you drinking tonight? Uh, I am drinking more canned wine because yeah. I couldn't find anything else. It's just called The Bubbles. I love it. That's all it's called. I want it. It's Bubbles. Yes, it is very good. You had a can the other when you were here. Was it the same? Did I have that mm, one, though? No, you had the Pinot Grigio, I think. Mm. I think you showed me The Bubbles, but I don't like carbonation in my drink, so I stayed away yeah. from it. Yeah, it's pretty good. That's I like good. it. I've drinking it a lot. Drink, drunk drinking? it. Drinking? Drank. Drinking. Drank. Sorry. <laughs> anyway, what are you drinking? Uh, I'm just doing a Malibu cranberry. Nice. That seems a little more uh, weather appropriate than that one week you were drinking, like the hot buttered rum or some yeah, bullshit I, like that. I had I had gotten some rum chata, I think, and I think it was kind of <laughs> rainy out, so I justified that it was okay. Like. I used to drink, I, well, I still do this because I drink tea every day, but, like, in high school, I would drink hot chocolate every day. Every day. Including, like, the 100 degrees days in July. 
Like You're weird. It's good. And I like to drink it. And if I'm Why inside, you... the air conditioning is on. And so it didn't matter. But then the inside of you is hot. And so is the outside. But I stay inside where the air conditioning is. So it doesn't matter. I also, also, I prefer being too hot than too cold. I hate, oh my god. I hate being cold. I hate I it. I hate being hot. I, I just can't. I can't do it. I know, and I know it doesn't make sense because people are like, well, if you're too hot, like, you can't do anything about it. But if you're too cold, you can just put on more layers. But I'm like, well, then you're not too cold. Then you're warm. And that defeats the purpose of this exercise. Anyways, back to the podcast. Let's jump into things for this week. Um, first things first. Uh, after last week's episode, it was announced that uh, the CWHL has found an interim commissioner, so it is not uh, a permanent replacement per se, although it might turn into that. Uh, Jaina Hefford is going to be the interim commissioner starting on August 1st, and also, which was something in the press release that I thought was interesting, the head of, the head of hockey operations and player development, Yeah, which is currently a role... That was supposedly held by Rebecca Michael. Mm. And so I'm a little confused about why that's also a role that Jaina is filling when they already had somebody to do that. And I'm trying to double check to make sure that she's still listed. She's still listed as the director of hockey operations if you go to the contact page. So, I don't know if that's just something that, like, goes with the commissioner title or what, but that was something that was kind of made me think. I didn't realize they already had one. I kind of just thought it was an extension of the commissioner title, to be completely honest, because, like we talked about last last week, like, a CWHL and women's hockey commissioner isn't necessarily a commissioner in your traditional sense. Mm-hmm. Interesting. I mean, you talk to anybody in women's hockey, and they're always like, oh, we wear lots of different hats. Like, everyone yeah. everyone does a little bit of everything. So I guess, like, it wouldn't shock me if the two of them worked together in that role. It was just interesting that that was, like, an actual part of the title instead yeah. of just kind of something understood, oh, you're going to help Rebecca with whatever she's doing. Um, I wonder if Rebecca's still with the league, then. Or if they just forgot to tell us that part, too. <laughs> well, I was going to say, well, we would know if she wasn't with the league. And then I thought about all the times that things have happened and we haven't gotten press releases. And I was like, well, not necessarily. Mm. So have her, it says the first, her like immediate um, duty is going to get be to get ready for the 2018 draft. And then just continue moving forward. I've heard that this is going to be a year-long contract. It's not specifically said in the... Um, press release if that's going to be a year-long thing but I think they kind of I think a year is a good like measuring tool to kind of see Mm -hmm. how how you do for a season and if she if she wants to continue working in the league or not also like we were talking last week about who we wanted to see in a commissioner like Hefford is like she's in the hall of fame she has an award named after her in the c-dub like she's won world championships and olympic gold medals and like she's She's player. been in, she's yeah. been in the league since before it was the league. Yeah, um, and actually, as I found out, her wife was one of the founders mm-hmm. of um, part of that little co-founder group. Uh, you said she was. You've heard a year, and I thought it was interesting in the press release that they um, very much emphasized that she would be mainly working on the draft and upcoming season. And preparing the league for the upcoming season. 
Yeah, their specific thing is, Havertz's immediate duty will be to prepare for the 2018 CWHL draft in August and to ensure the effective forward motion of the league as it enters the 2018-19 regular season. She will also continue to place priority on growing women's hockey through our league that attracts the world's best female hockey players, fans, sponsors, partners, donors, and investors. Excuse me. <laughs> so yeah, it is kind of focused on like the next year. Yeah. But they are looking for like a full time permanent commissioner. It's, a, it's I mean it's like a big thing to find a replacement. And I yeah. I think Jaina has maybe why does this happen every week? I think we were talking last week a little bit about like the kind of person that we wanted to see in this role. Yes. yes, yes and like Hefford is like she knows the league, obviously, because she's married to someone who helped found it, and she played in it. So, like, she knows about the league, and I would assume how it's run in that respect. But, like, she retired in 2013, so she's been... She spent some time kind of out of the league in terms of playing. So, I think to, I think to me that's a good, like, distinction... What we don't really know is, like, what she is as a business person and whether she'll be able to, like, pick that up pretty quickly or if she already has experience with, like, that part of the job. Mm -hmm. It's probably going to be a learning curve. Like, Oh, yeah. But that's fine. I feel like I'd rather have there be a learning curve over how to run a league or rather than women's hockey. You know, like, what yeah. is women's hockey? What does women's hockey mean? And she's, like... To me, she's the perfect mix of knows women's hockey, the history of where it's been, but also has been slightly away from it long enough where she hopefully will come at it with a fresh perspective. Eye. Perspective, thank you. Yeah. Are we sure we didn't talk about this last week? We probably did. Well, I think well we talked about who, what kind of a person we wanted. Ah, uh, okay. But Jaina had not been named yet. So I was like, I feel like I said this exact same thing, but I maybe I said it to you separately. Cause I, well, I think because they, they did a good job in picking somebody basically like what we talked about last week. Like, that is true. So. If you listen to us, CWHL, nice job. <laughs> good job past us and CWHL. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we'll, August 1st is her start date, so we'll kind of see how the draft goes. And I'm sure that media who will be there will, will talk to her a little bit about how her adjustment period has gone. Yeah, because she's been working with Brenda since the day she was announced. Mm -hmm. last, um, so last to kind of yeah, to kind of go like through transition things, which I thought was good because we were both worried about that last week. Like, oh, how will this work? But mm -hmm. yeah, I kind of wish she'd been able to like hang around for a little bit longer, and maybe she has, and we just like informally, and there just wasn't an announcement. But I think, like, two weeks-ish is a good amount yeah. of time to, like, kind of learn the ropes. Uh, let's talk about the NWHL schedule. <laughs> Do you want to kind of take fun. the lead on that? Because I think I missed sure. what actually happened. Um, so on Saturday afternoon, early evening, uh, a couple of astute people on Twitter realized that they were getting sports engine apps app updates and push notifications that the <laughs> nwhl season was being loaded into the app oh. um which was pretty funny not gonna lie uh 
And so many people jumped on it, uh, myself included, because I was sitting at home. Not because I'm not cool. I'd had a very long day seeing Ant-Man eating a burger and eating, walking four miles home. So I was home. But yeah, so I as quickly as they were there, they disappeared. I did not realize. I knew that they had gotten leaked, but I just thought somebody had like caught them on the website. I didn't realize that there were push notifications going out, which makes this yeah. whole thing ten times funnier, in my opinion. Yeah. Um, they're not, they're apparently not official, but each team had 16 games, so, and they all, like, lined up together. There were no weird discrepancies. Um, I have all five written down. I have them pulled up that you so graciously sent over to me. Oh, yeah, that screenshot, because I lost all the written down ones Mm -hmm. when my computer decided to be a butt. Um, but we learned a few things, a few fun things. Mm-hmm. The Pride will be back at Warrior. Okay. They were the only team that we weren't 100% sure as to where they were going to go. Um, with the Whitecaps being back at, or the Whitecaps going to um, TRIA. 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 Tri- oh, it's at TRIA. That makes sense. I couldn't figure out how to say it. Uh, the Whale. TRIA is where they held the, the All-Star game last year, right? Yes. It's the like practice rink or an affiliate rink with um, the... The Wild. Yep, that's the, what they're called. The men's hockey team. Not important. Don't care. I was almost like, the wet? <laughs> and I was like, no, that's not right. The wet and wild. The wet and Minnesota wild. That's, well, this pot, that's the episode name. Wet and wild is a water park in Florida I've been to. And I was like, the what? Um, okay. I know, I'm pretty funny. Okay, the Whitecaps are going to Tria. Um, the Whale are back at uh, Terry Connors, which has already been announced. <sighs> which is, like, really far. I was kind of hoping they'd move closer. Same. Uh, the Riveters and the Buttes were the only ones that, like, hadn't officially announced, but you could kind of infer that they would both be back yeah. at their last season ranks because of their partnerships and owners. Um, we learned all of the home openers. Which yeah. is fun. I think the the latest one is the the Riveters, right? Won't who be play home in... until October twentieth. Mm-hmm. And that's a game against Minnesota. I think yes. if we see any changes on this, it'll probably just be times. Like, yeah. If they need to adjust for like ice time or whatever, I don't think. I mean, at this point, if they've got all five schedules with like the teams and dates and everything lined up, they it's probably mostly set in stone. Oh yeah. Uh, neutral zone, neutral zone, (laughs) neutral site games. Uh, we knew at least one was happening in Pittsburgh and the whale were involved in it, but it's the whale and the riveters in Pittsburgh and on December 12th. I kind of want to go to that. I actually really want to go to that. I wasn't at the last Pittsburgh one. Uh, that rink is really nice. It's, and it's, it's easy to fly to Pittsburgh and then have rent a car to drive to Cranberry Township. Mm Mm-hmm. Which is technically just that airport is kind of sad. There was like four terminals in use of like the forty in there. Mm-hmm. Um, then, oh, the uh, the Whitecaps don't play a regular season or don't play an NWHL game from January twentieth until March second. What? Yes, because 
they have college teams lined up. Say that it, no, no, wait. Say it's from January twentieth to March second. Oh my god! So and all huh. of February, and they have like a pretty substantial break. They don't play the first weekend or two in January. I would have to pull up an actual calendar because they have college teams lined up. Um, if you look at the WCHA schedule, the Whitecaps are on there in those breaks. And also, as someone who has done this before, travel between the East Coast and the Midwest in the middle of winter is a little, can be a little hairy. Uh, You deal with a lot of, you know, delays, cancellations. Unknowns. Snowstorms. So it kind of makes sense, but it's also just kind of weird. Well, then, you know what I'm interested in, and I didn't, I did not know that until you said that. I'd be interested to see the amount of back-to-backs they're playing versus everybody else because you've still got to fit 16 games in that time span and if you're going basically a month and a half without playing any like well nwhl games like you got to squeeze that in we already knew they were doing back-to-backs for every game are they when they announced them being at tria they said that it would they would only Every team was going to... So every game for them is a back-to-back. Dear God. The only weird... There's two instances where it's a little strange. Um, There's two different series where on Saturday Saturday night they play in Boston, and then Sunday afternoon they play in Connecticut. That sounds terrible. Yeah. Oh, my God. That's brutal. That'll be Um, interesting to watch. Yeah, and that's the first week... uh, um, January 12th and 13th and then the last weekend of the season they do that as well so also with the Whitecaps uh, one of their games is going to be at the moment it's the only NWHL game in an NHL rink they're playing Buffalo at the Key Bank Center on December 29th and it's a double header with the Buffalo Sabres mm-hmm. I was kind of bummed about that because the Sabres are playing The Bruins, that's who they're called. Oh. They're playing the Bruins that night. Like, why couldn't we have done the Pride? Yeah. And done, like, I'm sure it has header. to do with scheduling stuff. Um, the Pride are at the Whale the next day. Mm. So, like, I, I'm sure it had to do with scheduling. But it would have been cool, kind of, like, to see what would have happened if, like, that double tie-in would have been a thing. Because, historically, the Pride have not been or the, the the Bruins haven't been big on picking a team to kind of tie tie in with I wonder if that's a reason like because I, w- I would think that if you knew the Sabres were playing the Bruins you would do everything you can to make sure it's the pride who were there that day but I wonder well I don't know I don't know if the Bruins would care that much to be like no we don't want it to be yeah because the blades still exist and so that's yeah. something where they want to like not show partiality is that a word to any specific team? And yeah, I think the scheduling for the team is so, or for the league is kind of rough. I think, which is why we see that like Pride Whale weekend for the Whitecaps twice. Um, but yeah, that's it's an interesting schedule. They do their two week December break, which I'm pretty stoked about because it means I'm <laughs> not missing a weekend. Because I realized I'm gone for one of the weekends. Mm-hmm. I am a little surprised that we didn't see a Riveters game. And, like, maybe this changes. We didn't see a Riveters game at the Prudential Center again. Yeah. 
Yeah, that was an interesting not happen, but I feel like of all of them that could happen, like last minute, it would be that. Because you're not really moving very far. I'd be interested. I like It's I'm... actually down the hallway. Well, I haven't done any like digging to see if the devils are home at any of these home games, but like they're they're Saturday like there's a game on Saturday that, that their home opener actually is a one o'clock central time start, two o'clock Eastern start. So like that's an afternoon game where you could hypothetically if the devils play the night at seven o'clock, do a doubleheader. Oh, I didn't notice that. Well, let's, let's pull up the NHL schedule I and see if the devils are at home. I think someone on Twitter said that there were no possible doubleheaders because Damn. the devils were never home but Damn. um darn well still corn flabbits i'm glad that i'm glad that this leaked because it at least helps give us kind of an idea of how we want to plan our like travel schedules because we do yeah. still want to try and go to as many games at least one home game potentially for each team as possible i wonder how buffalo is for new year's eve not that I would predict us staying until New Year's Eve in Buffalo. Where is World Juniors this year? Not Buffalo. Wasn't it in Buffalo last year? It was, which is what Wait, made me... men's or women's? Men's. Actually, actually, where's women's U18s? It's not, but it's, that's not New Year's Eve, right? Well, 2019 men's World Juniors is actually that week. Which is what, it's it's what made me Buffalo. think of it. Well... Because last year it was, which is what made me think about it. I do want to see... Ooh, I wanted to mention this. I want to see a... A Buffalo... Pride... Game? Because I want to see... Shannon... Or maybe it was Riveters. No, I think it's Pride. I want to see Shannon Zabados, Nicole Hensley... Brittany Ott and Katie Burt all on the same sheet of ice. Well, we don't know that That's Brittany true. Ott is coming back. That's true. That's not even like a we know something you guys don't know. That's just Hannah wishfully thinking. I want to, here's what I want. I want the pride to sign Alex Rigsby as their second goaltender. And I want to see, see Shannon Zavidoff, Nicole <laughs> Hensley, Alex Rigsby, and Katie Burt all on the same sheet of ice. Make it happen, Boston. Sorry, Brittany. Love ya, but... Um, okay, let's let's move on from this. We've talked about this for a hundred years. Um, the voting for the Ice Garden's top games of the year is out. The bracket is out. Um, if you don't know what this is, there's an article on theicegarden.com, and we'll try and link to it in this episode description on the site. But if you're on the site, you've probably already seen it. So, like, whatever. But, um, <laughs> we... The, uh, the Ice Garden asked for nominations for the best games of the year women's hockey games of the year and we've narrowed it down to 16 teams and michelle and i have our brackets filled out and we're going to discuss them today michelle do you kind of want to give us a brief little overview of how you made the brackets sure uh so like hannah said we asked for nominations for best game or top game um we got a lot of really good nominations we ended up with almost 30 um, by that, I mean 29. Uh, that doesn't count the multiple times the gold medal game was uh, nominated. It doesn't count the multiple times the Isabel Cup was not final was nominated. Or my personal favorite, because every single time it was brought up, the Inferno replied to us. Uh, <laughs> the Inferno 
Cumlin triple overtime insanity. Uh, so we took those 29 games. Initially, we were going to try to rank them, but that became much harder than I wanted it to be. And in the interest of not being hard, uh, we decided to just group them by league slash tournament. Um, so we did CWHL v. CWHL, NWHL v. NWHL, Olympic or international games were grouped together. Um, international professional leagues were grouped together. And then the NCAA was grouped together. Um, and then, oh, within the NCAA, I grouped them by conference. So we had two hockeyists, a WCHA, a ECA, and then two from the Frozen Four. It was tough. I spent far too much time contemplating how to do this. I really want to figure out how to rank the games next year because there were like, like the way that you grouped them made sense, but there were like two first round matchups that I just agonized over because I had such a hard time picking between them. Can we talk? Can we talk about how in the first round, there's the Isabel Cup final, the 1-0 game between the Riveters and the Buttes, and also the 10-round shootout between the Buttes and Boston. That yeah. took me like a solid five minutes, literally agonizing and going back and forth to pick one. It was so hard. Yeah. I mean, like, there was really no fair way to rank them. Or no easy way, let me say that. Yeah. I, I feel like I would have had to sit, had a bigger team of people working on ranking them when, like, really I did this last night at 10 p.m. <laughs> um, nobody needs to know that part, but you can keep that in if you want. Uh, it was also tough because, like, the NCAA plays significantly more, has a significantly bigger pool of games to pick yeah. from, which is why they got a significantly bigger chunk of the bracket. Um. Whereas the professional leagues, you have 16 in the NC, in the, uh, or you have 19 in the NWHL and 28, right? In the CETA? Well, plus the playoff games. Mm, yeah. So around upwards of 30 in the CWHL, where in the NCAA, you've got like close to a million. Just <laughs> rounding up a little bit. Right, right. Uh, so ranking them quickly became a lot harder than I wanted it to be. I don't know. Maybe there's a way to, like, make a point system for, like, if it's a playoff game or not, or if it's a, yes. an overtime game or not. Like, but there was If some... anybody listening would like to help me with that for next year, Tweet or would us. like to devise a system in which we can rank games, holla. I think that's a good thing to ask our listeners. If you can think of a way to rank like an, an arbitrary way that like doesn't matter based on what league it is that you, that would be a good and helpful way to rank games for next season. Tweet that at us. And maybe... I mean, there is like game score, but that also oh, doesn't God. take into account like the point disparity that happens because I don't know. I get really confused somewhere along the way. So yeah, it just ended up getting grouped, even though I know it wasn't the most fair. It was the most easiest and fairest I could devise in my brain at the time. 
do you want to try and go through each like little bracket and say where we marked and see if we see how much our brackets match up? Heck yes, I do. Okay. Let's start with the left side of the bracket, the AWIHL. Uh, we had the Sirens and the Ice, the Ice 1-4-0, and then the SDHL, Lulia and Lincoln Pang, Lulia 1-5-1. Um, I'm going to go with the Ice beating the Sirens because it ended the Sirens' winning streak of over 12 months. And when I was looking at, when I was looking for a link to link with this matchup, uh, the Sydney Sirens are pretty dominant. Or the Melbourne Ice, excuse me, are pretty dominant. I spent a lot of time with that one because I kept mixing them up in my brains as I was trying to write this, <laughs> um, which is why I'm now doubting everything I just said in my brain. Um, so, yeah, I'm going to go with the AWIHL on this one. How about you? Well, I had originally picked the SDHL because it was a championship game. And so for me, that kind of pushed it over the edge for me. Like, that gave them the edge. But also listening to you talk about the Melbourne Ice ending the Sirens winning streak, now I'm like, hmm, maybe I should change my mind. But I think I'm going to stick with my gut, even though it's a hard choice. Hmm. All right, I'll respect that. Okay, next bracket uh, is the CWHL for both of them. The first one is the Inferno KRS triple overtime game, which ended with Alex Carpenter's uh, goal for KRS to send them to the Clarkson Cup final. And the second game was the Clarkson Cup final, where the Thunder beat KRS in overtime. I went with the triple overtime. Same. Like, like how do you not pick that game? Yeah. It was like 114 minutes of hockey. It was it was just insanity. Like I vividly like I was at Clarkson, so I remember that one happening. But I vividly remember staying up for this triple overtime game and just like every, the the goalies in that game were so yeah. good. Like Nora Ratu and um, Delaney Bryan were just out of their minds. It's also just funny to watch the Inferno Twitter react every <laughs> single time. We have to bring it back up. And like right now, where the voting stands is that game is in the lead um at, on monday with like 10 hours left uh so i'm really excited to just keep bringing this game up yes over and over again sorry at inferno twitter but we're never going to stop talking about it literally ever um hold on i'm gonna sneeze nope it went back inside that was weird oh <laughs> i didn't like that oh that's at 51 minute mark and we're gonna put that as the opener. Uh, I was really proud of the little mini write-up I did, the two sentence write, two sentences write-up I did for the triple overtime game, because it was uh, this was the game that never ends. It went on and on. My friends, just kidding, it ended after three overtime. <laughs> this is the game that never ends. It just goes, just on, goes on and on. on. My friends, some people started playing it. I actually don't know the next line. So. I don't either. I didn't know there were extra lines. <laughs> um, anyway, um, what's next? NWHL in these both games. Okay, this this is one of the ones that gave me just so much trouble. Riveters, Buttes, Isabel Cup Final, and Buttes, Boston, 10-round shootout game. This was so hard. What did you pick? Um... 
my gut was the 10 round shootout. I don't know why. Mostly, I think, because it was kind of just your run-of-the-mill regular season January game that ended up being, like, pretty epic. Mm-hmm. I was also looking at the box score for it, and it's crazy. Like, seeing how many times. In 10 rounds, only five goals were scored. Didn't the Buttes outshoot Boston pretty badly in that game, too? I think so. Like, I remember that being Brittany Ott's best game of the season, even though she yeah. lost. Um. Yeah, the the Buttes had forty seven shots, Holy and the shit. Pride had twenty five. Oh my! Yep, that's yep, that's pretty much what I. Yeah, so I think I'm gonna go with that one. Actually, I'm excited. I that was blank on mine because I hadn't really come to a decision if I had yet. I contemplated leaving that blank because it was so hard, and like, what gets me is like, yes, the Riveters Buttes, like the Isabel Cup final was the Isabel Cup final, so for me that gave it a little bit of an edge, and it, but not only that, it was a good game. Like, yeah, it was close. The goalies were good. It was exciting. Like, but I picked I picked the ten round shootout game because like of the regular season that one stands out and like oh yeah it was just a roller coaster. It was wild and like I was very mad that those two were in the same bracket because I think they both could Sorry. have advanced. Well, no, it's not your fault. I think. Like, all of these were hard to do, which kind of just speaks to, like, the level of games that we had this year. Uh, Grant Solzano tweeted at us saying, like, wow, there were a lot more good games than I remember. (laughs) I had the same thought, too. Yeah. completely honest, I was like, I'm really glad we put this to a nomination process because I would have never thought of some of these. And, like, there were a couple games that, like, weren't on here that I was surprised to not see on there. But, like, there were just so many to choose from. Well, sorry, sorry. I asked you. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> no, no, you're not. <laughs> I meant um, to. I promise. I just didn't. That's on me. I'll I'll take blame for that. Um, what games would you have wanted to see on here? Uh, the one. What well, was we went to it? It was the OSU upset of BC. Oh, that was actually nominated, and um, we were a little hockey East heavy, so yeah. I had to make an executive commissioner decision and <laughs> knock that one off. Which Sorry. like no, I understood it like and but, uh, and you did pick a like a BC game was on here with the bean pot and I was like oh yeah, yeah we had to have that one on here like uh, next one is international games we have the USA Canada gold medal Olympic game and Korea and Switzerland's eight o semifinal game so that one is on there because. It's actually on there twice. It's the one that I mentioned I kind of messed up and didn't realize I had one game on there twice. Uh, eight to nothing is kind of sounds like a blowout, right? But nineteen uh, year old Elena Mueller had oh, a first period yeah. natural hat trick oh, yeah. and then scored again in the second period to make her only the second woman in tournament history to score four goals in one game. I forgot that was a thing. Yeah. It, that's going to have to go in the tweet when people start voting for this yeah, because it kind yeah. of seems like a WTF, even though I accidentally paired it against um, the gold medal game. game. I mean, like, this one took me, like, even if I had known the Alina Mueller stat, which I had forgotten about, like, this would have taken me probably two seconds to do. Like, yeah. This gold medal game. I kind of figured no matter what I paired it against, the gold medal game I paired it against, it was going to go past at least the first round. 
um, if not all the way, so I didn't lose too much sleep over it. Low also, key. I couldn't have paired the game, the same game against itself. You should I I have. have. You should have. I guess I could have. It would have been a little weird. I would have rebelled. I know. Um, okay. To moving to the other side of the draft, so we've got that that Switzerland Korea game again, Edo, uh, up against the U eighteen Russia Canada game. Russia won three to two against Canada. Um, there's rationales for why all of these games are in here. If you guys click on the link, every game has like a few sentences about why it's in here, along with a link that will either lead you to a box score, our own recap or a team-slash-league recap. Just jog your memory, because it's a lot, and also I needed it. So, the U18 game, Russia was the home team. Like, the U18 tournament was in Russia. Uh, And it was the first time in tournament history a European squad had beat a North American team. Yeah, which was a huge deal. And for that reason, I picked the U18 game. Same. It was going up against this time that uh, Switzerland-Korea game was in for the first game in the unified Korea's history. Which is kind of a weird reason for it to be in there, but it was historic and awesome. And the goal, the puck that was used in that game is in the Hockey Hall of Fame. Which is pretty cool. Yes. But that's why it was in there, which you can read about in my really well-written article. (laughs) Um, next bracket is NCAA. Now we're getting into NCAA stuff. Um, mm-hmm. first one is the Beanpot final, which is BCBU 4-3 overtime. BC won with a Tony Anamiano goal. And the second one is Maine and BU, also an overtime game. Maine won 4-3. This uh, is tough because that Maine game was ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Um, Maine was down three to nothing with just over half the third period left. I'm literally reading off the article right now <laughs> until Brooke Stacy scored a natural half trick to force overtime and then had the assist on the game winning goal. And that was her first career hat trick yes. ever. Which is like, if you're going to have one, like you picked the perfect time to break it. It was out. game three of the hockey's quarterfinals at Maine, which is nuts. That's. Yeah, this one was hard. I went with that one, I'm not gonna lie. Really? Yeah. I couldn't I could not pick the bean pot. I couldn't do could it. Could you imagine having like literally your entire excuse me, season on the line and scoring a hat trick? Excuse me. Jesus. I'm excited to see what the voters think. I think this one's gonna be pretty close. I think a lot of people I think you need to include in the tweet, like the context for this main series because I think a lot of people are going to hear Bean Pot and just be like, "Oh, that's the one." But like, yeah, this is a really tr- like tricky call. It's hard because I'm pretty limited in the characters I can put in these tweets. I mean, fair. And you can't attach pictures. I found out. Okay, the the next bracket is two more NCAA teams. Uh, the first one is Saint Cloud and Minnesota, with a St. Cloud State beating Minnesota in a shootout. Uh, I think you have to list it as a tie here. So the official score sheet has it as a tie. But both of the school recaps have it as a shootout win. 
I really don't know why. I just went with what the like box scores said for those, mm-hmm. which I know is a little weird. But the thing with this game is that St. Cloud State scored two goals in two minutes mm-hmm. before it's overtime. Yeah, which is and, wild. Yeah, which is crazy over Minnesota. And it was the first time in 37 games SCS, SCSU had beat Minnesota. And then the other game in this bracket is Colgate versus Cornell, where uh, Colgate, Colgate ended up winning 5-4, to four, um, but they were leading in overtime? No, almost overtime. So they had a 4-1 lead going into the third period. And then Cornell mm-hmm. scored three goals to tie it. And then it was going to go to overtime. And Jesse Eldridge scored with literally one second left to give Colgate the win. The official score sheet. Wow. Score the official score sheet reads 1959, which is bonkers. <laughs> I picked that. I picked that one. Same. Which again, it's another hard one because it's just it's just down to the wire stuff. It's just like flat out like the Kansas State Double A is so much fun to watch. It, it is, is so much fun. Like there's a reason there are. I mean, like yes, they have more games, so like from a volume perspective, they should be on this like more. But also like there are just so many good games this year in the NCAA. There really were. Hashtag parody. Yeah. Uh, and then the last bracket in here. Also, again, more NCAA. We had Colgate and Wisconsin in the Frozen Four semifinals, quarterfinals. Quarterfinals. Uh, which was Colgate winning over Wisconsin 4-3 in double overtime. And then up against the uh, actual Frozen Four final, which was Clarkson and Colgate with Clarkson winning in overtime. This was the other one that I literally sat staring at for like five minutes trying to figure out. Yeah. I, this is the one that I forgot to finish in the article, but hopefully by the time you're reading this, it will actually be in the article. <laughs> um, I yeah, just, I was pretty torn on this one, too. I remember watching both of these, and, like, they were just both, like, on the edge of your seat. Like, it really could have gone either way. I went with uh, the quarterfinal game, the double overtime game. I did, too. And it was hard because these were both, like, really dramatic finishes. But I think Colgate had such a good season in general. Mm-hmm. like And kind of, not that they hadn't had a good season before, but they came back with just, like, such a dominant performance this year. And to, like, beat Wisconsin, even in an Olympic season, yeah, like, it, it showed that this was a legit threat that people needed to take seriously. And the fact that it was double overtime to boot, like, yeah. What is your final four? Well, we skipped the second round. Well, this kind of... Well, it encompasses the second round. Like, we'll figure out... Oh. Okay. Um, my final four was the triple overtime game. Yep, mine Gold was medal two. game. Yep. Um, the U18 game. Yep. And... Um, I actually went with the St. Cloud, uh, St. Cloud State game. Really? Nope, it was not the St. Cloud State game. I went with the Frozen Four game. Colgate, Wisconsin? Yes. That is the same as my Final Four. Wow, twinsies. 
Although I will say, it was, if this was not an Olympic year, the 10-round shootout would have made it to my Final Four. The fact that it was up against the gold medal game in the Olympics, I was like, I can't, I can't not pick the gold medal Olympic game. But, like, if that 10-round shootout had been up against literally any other game, except maybe the triple overtime game in Calgary, it would have made it. Yeah, that's was kind of the unfortunate part. I almost thought about discounting that game, to be completely honest. The 10-round um, shootout? No, 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 the gold medal game. Oh. Solely because I thought it was, I, I know it's going to just, it's going to win. Yeah. So I thought about discounting it and putting something else in its spot. Being like, listen, we know that the gold medal game was probably the best game of the year. ES- the ESPYs awarded it the best game of the year. Mm-hmm. But let's look at something else. But it didn't seem fair to me to take out that game. Yeah, I don't think it is. What I'm interested to see is um, next year, when we have a non-Olympic year, what will happen. Mm -hmm. Same. Um, Even if we had done this like last year, I think, like this kind of bracket style, the way that the... um, world championship game played out mm-hmm. i think it kind of would have been the same thing in that it yeah. was such a dramatic like with the um the boycott having happened mm-hmm. and it was still a usa canada and it went to overtime like i think it would have been kind of the same thing or even if another big game had been super awesome you can't not pick that game yeah but so i'm interested to see next year like the olympics are over the boycotts already happened barring some other ridiculous crazy stunt that just comes out of nowhere like we're going to have some more even footing. Yeah. Uh, oh, I, t- I definitely 100% agree. I mean, I have it going. I have the gold medal game winning it. There was no way I couldn't put it. Mm-hmm. Um, but I pitted it against um, the Frozen Four quarterfinal game. I went with the U18 Russia-Canada game. I almost did. I almost did. For me, it was like... I wanted to pick the Frozen Four one, but, like, the U18 game was just so, like, historical and that we had literally never seen Canada or the U.S. lose. And to me, that gets me excited for, like, the future of international hockey, like, seeing that Russia can beat Canada in a game like that. Like, it was just such a big deal that I was like, nah, I gotta I gotta give it the edge. Uh, damn, that's... Such a better answer. I'm <laughs> going to change it. Ooh! Not, I'm not going to change the winner, but I'm going to. Oh, right. Yeah, I agree with you. I had, yeah, I have the gold medal game winning. Because, like, how do you, you can't pick anything yeah. else. I'd, <sighs> be, I'd, inter- I'd be interested to see if anybody doesn't pick the gold medal game. If you're listening and you filled out this bracket and you didn't pick the gold medal game, I'd be interested to hear why. Uh, we would like to give... Why don't you do a fan post about it if you don't? Yes. That's a good idea. Um, Oh my god! What? Jocelyn's pregnant too. What?! Wait, 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 wait! No! Where? Instagram? Twitter? On Twitter. What? Oh my god. In In true... Wow, I can't speak. In true twinning fashion, we'll be coming moms together. Baby Miranda, baby Davidson. That's so fucking cute. Where is this? Why is it not on my Twitter account? The it's. I don't know whose Twitter they took, 
to do Lamaru twins. I'm dying. Oh my god. Well, oh, I guess they guess the Lamarus aren't signing anywhere this year. No. <laughs> um, let's move on to Let's Stomp Hannah. Let's stomp Hannah. And I'm a little concerned because Michelle told me earlier today that she was really excited about the question she had, and I'm concerned. Oh, I already previewed the question to you, too. I know. I gave you time to think about it. I was I was going to try and, like, pretend I hadn't already heard it, but the gig is up. I know, what, yeah. I know what the question is, and I'm glad. Michelle also told me she's giving me multiple choice, which, once you hear the yeah. question, you'll understand why that's necessary. Uh, so last off-season at the Ice Garden, we did the top 25 under 25. Uh, it's a giant undertaking. Uh, one that I don't love, um, but it's interesting, especially because I have compiled a giant list of the players under 25 that played in the NWHL, CWHL, NCAA, and on an Olympic team last year. Um, why did I pick those? Because <laughs> elite prospects reliably told me the ages of every single player in those days. <laughs> uh, U-Sport I could infer that they were probably under 25, but it only had the ages for like a quarter of the players. And I don't have the time to sit here and figure out how old most of them are. Uh, also, I know that eSports eligibility rules are a little different. The question, the Stump Hannah question is how many players are under 25 with those qualifications that played in the NWHL, CWHL, an Olympic team? <sighs> or we're in the top 50 of the NCAA players because we did not need every single NCAA player on this list. Uh, so I told her she gets multiple choice. Thank you. And I told her the number is somewhere between 100 and 300. So your options are 150, 200, 250, or 300. Damn it. Is it really a nice even number like that? Surprisingly, it is. Damn it. I was pretty stoked, I'm not going to lie. Can you say that one more time? Uh, it's either 150, 200, 250, or 300. It's literally every in every interval of, <laughs> of 50 after 100 until 300. Um, 150 is my answer. 150 is your answer. So keeping in mind that I pulled 50 NCAA players, you think that between the NWHL, the CWHL, and the Olympic teams, there were only 100 players under 25. You're talking about, so when you say you pulled 50 NCAA players, you're talking about you picked the top, oh. I went to- I, I misunderstood you. I thought you were saying like you picked the top 50 NCAA players and then from the, duh, oh my god, they're all under 25. They're all college players. Yeah. That's how I was able to. I, Never so what mind. I did was I went to I went to Elite Prospects, clicked on NCAA women, and then clicked on point stats points, and then just grabbed the first fifty players. I'm over here going. She just pulled fifty NCAA players. It doesn't mean they're all under twenty five. Completely forgetting that if you're in college, you're probably under twenty five. Like though, I did miss the goalies. I just realized, so I'm gonna have to go back and add the goalies in. But um, okay, no, nope, that changes my answer. Two hundred. But so two hundred. Yes. Is that your final answer? Yes. Are you sure? Yes. 
250. Really? Yeah. Damn. Isn't that interesting? That's a ton. I know. The youngest player on my list. Can I guess? Would I know them? No. Damn it. Are you 15 sure? 15 year old. Holy shit. The the young the super young players are all mostly Asian Olympic players. Wasn't there like a 15, 16 year old Korean player? There was a 16 year old Korean player. Is that the youngest person? It is. Now that I yeah! took the 15 year old off the list, it didn't didn't actually belong on there. Totally don't remember um, her name, but I think I feel like I remember that being one of the um, talking points of the play by play. Yeah, He Wong Kim plays for the Ice Avengers in South Korea. She's ah, 16. Yes. She's 5 foot 7. She was born August 1st, 2001, so your birthday's almost Two coming up. 2001! Yeah, I try not to think of all those ah. kind of things. Uh, yeah, she's the youngest player on this list. <laughs> Assuming I didn't fuck up totally. Uh, there are actually, like, no NCAA goalies on here, I just realized. Because I forgot to do that. Oops. Um, I will add those back in. I do not have a question this week. That's fine. I don't need to rack my brain. Um, this list is actually really interesting. There are players that are younger than I thought and also older than I thought. For example? Um, Alex Carpenter, last season's 25 under 20, number one The irony. Person, is still under 25. 24? Yes, she's still 24. Uh, Kate Leary in the CWHL is also 24. What? Katie Fitzgerald, 24. Hell yeah. Uh, I mean, a lot of them are 24, so, like, they kind of toe the line. Like, it gets a little weird because I couldn't find their exact birth. Well, I could have found their exact birthdays, but it was going to take a really long time. Um, and finding the exact birthdays for 200 players was not a possibility. Right. Not something I was interested in doing. Uh, so I just have their birth years. That's fair close enough yeah it's extremely interesting like hmm. laura stalder is on this list because she's 24 i kind of thought she was younger than that honestly. same with laura stacy really yeah they're both 94s uh bella kova is on this list at 93 94 she's 23 that doesn't surprise me i was for some reason i thought she was older and then there's maddie rooney who's 21 baby is alina mueller still 19 uh, yeah, or 20. She's she's 20 at this point. Mm-hmm. I think she was 19 during the Olympics. Only 19, but her mind was older. What? It's a Hamilton reference. Oh, I don't know that. Boo! Okay, I'll watch the Mighty Ducks. You have to listen to Hamilton. Uh, oh, I saw Richard III. Like the Shakespeare play. Great, now you have to go see Hamilton. <laughs> I kept thinking they were going to start singing. <laughs> Update, they don't. They just kill a lot of people. Update, they don't. <laughs> uh, okay. Uh, we got a really good Star Brunch cut this week that I'm, like, just thrilled about. Same. Uh, this is from Mike Davis. Another one. At, at Marin Tweed on Twitter. Man in Tweed. Wow. Star Brunch cut. Wine, cider, hard liquor. I like that the addendum was... Um bonus after the cwhl drops a press release <laughs> uh the, the, the question for the bonus is definitely hard liquor 
Uh, yeah. But I actually almost wanted to order a shot when we were at lunch during the CWHL announcement. <laughs> I refu- I held back and said that... I just got a top shelf margarita because eh, it's topical. It was it was perfect. It was lovely. Um, start bench cut. Start wine. Bench hard liquor. Cut cider. Hey, same. I thought you were going to start cider. What? I don't like it that much. I don't know. No, I am a wine girl through and through. Although, Um, depending on the hard liquor and how it's used in a cocktail, that sometimes changes. Yeah, I know it does. Um, mailbag questions. We got one from Brian K. this week at Grounded77 on Twitter. Um, and he says, when a player signs up for the CWHL draft that had previously been in the N, is it more likely that they want a change of scenery or that they've been told there's no chance of returning to an NWHL team? Actually, reading this now, the first time I read this question, I thought it was when a player signs up for the CWHL draft that had been drafted by the end of, mm-hmm. but, but that's not the question. It's a player who's played in the end of. And then goes through the CWHL draft. Um, I think it really is just going to depend on the player. Mm-hmm. I think it's, it's yeah. It's because women's hockey is so situational outside of hockey. It's where can you find a job? It's where can you find a place to live affordably? Um, or possibly where is your family? Do they need you to live back home? Mm-hmm. Uh, that, it, that, I would say, is more of a large part. Um if you're thinking specifically about Kelsey Newman, I think it's more of a, you don't have a spot on the team anymore because we signed two Olympians. Mm-hmm. And like, we like for some players, location is going to matter more to them for some playing time is going to matter more to yeah. them for some, if they get a new job or if they have a significant other or like, there's a whole number of factors. And I think we have seen this, like, both from players going from the C-dub to the N-dub and N-dub to the C-dub. Like, Toronto, Markham, and Buffalo are all mm-hmm. relatively close to each other. So we've seen kind of some, like, fluctuation from those teams. Like, Jess Jones has gone from the C-dub to the N-dub and back. Mm-hmm. So, like, I think... She didn't do as well this year as people thought she would. No, which really surprised me. And I... Yeah. I don't think there's, like, a huge difference in terms of, like, um, competitiveness in either league. Like, I don't think players are going from one league to the other because, oh, like, I'll get better competition here. I think it's just there's a number of factors involved. She seemed to kind of gel better with the Thunder than she did with the Buttes, at least in what I saw. She'd played with the Thunder for a significantly longer time, right? Like, she'd been on that team for a bit. She did four seasons there um, and then left. And then that was going back. Um, but if you look at a player like Tatiana Rafter, mm-hmm. who was in the NWHL and is now uh, registered for the CWHL draft, uh, she went back home to Canada. She was a Canadian citizen. Canadian? I don't know what I was looking for Canadian. after that. She's a Canadian uh, who said she was going back home. Mm-hmm. Also, as we've talked about before, trying to make the Canadian national team. Godspeed, Tatiana. <laughs> Shoot your shit, or whatever it is. Shoot your shot. Yeah. Godspeed, Tatiana. 
Uh, yeah, so I think it just, yeah, it depends. Um, I think that's going to do it for this week. Yeah. I did also just kind of want to mention, we didn't really have time to actually like talk about it. Brittany Howard has signed up for the CWHL draft, which I am stoked for, just because I'm very excited to watch Brittany Howard play pro. Yes. Uh, especially because we see her in the CHA, and, like, she was nominated for the Patty Cas this year, but she was the only player that was nominated. Like, the CHA is kind of seen as, like, the bottom tier of the four mm-hmm. NCAA conferences. So, like, now she's going to get to play at the pro level with all these other players who played in the NCAA and who have played pro, and, like, we're finally going to get to see how she matches up. Yeah. My, um, just another little thing about the CWHL draft prospects. It's so funny looking at it because you can kind of tell who the uh, who the blades will be going after. I please, hockey gods, put um, shit. Not Nina Rogers, the other BU player, Victoria Bach. Put Victoria Bach on the Boston Blades, please. See, I don't think she will. She's Cana- like she's from Ontario. I know, but I she played college in Boston. It's uh, Toronto is in Ontario. Oh, okay. I don't know. About there's like um there's a player from Arlington, Massachusetts, which is not far. And... You can usually tell which players the blades are going for. I just am like, please, please, God, put her on the blades. She would help them so much. Yeah, she would. We're gonna wrap it up. Thank you for listening. If you have questions for us, tweet them at Michelle and I using the hashtag Top Shelf Mailbag. Same with Star Bench Cut. Same with Stump Hannah. Michelle, where can we find you on Twitter? You can DM me these Stump Hannah questions directly at at Michelle underscore J-A-Y numeral three. And you can find me on Twitter at Hannah oh, underscore. It's okay. Hannah underscore Beavis one. Um, we are on Patreon uh, under the Ice Garden Podcast Network. Also with our sister show, the Founding Four Podcast with Erica Ayala and Mike Murphy. They talk ah! about- Big or- ant. <laughs> <laughs> flung it somewhere. I kind of assumed it was something like that, but I was like, just going to give her a second to compose herself. Uh, but yeah, we're on Patreon if you want to support us that way. Help us with mics and the time and effort that we put into making the show. Uh-huh. Oh, there it is. I think that's it. We're gonna let Michelle. We're gonna let Michelle go kill the ant now. I'm scared. I hate killing bugs. This is why I have to live with somebody. Oh, I lost it. Oh, <laughs> we'll see you guys next week. Bye. The ant won't though. He's gonna be dead. <laughs> I'm gonna get you. But I, and I was like, hmm, things I shouldn't say in the podcast <laughs> for 100, Alex. <laughs>